Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. On Monday, there's an auction for office furniture with overstock office chairs, desks, filing cabinets, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Okay, Bruce. Um, Sunday's game. Broncos aren't going to make the playoffs. They have a chance to go over 500. Are you looking forward to this game like you did week two, week five, week seven? No, yeah. no, 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 not, not the same way. Everything changes when you're out, when you're out. Yeah. As soon as that happens, there's a, uh, there's a different energy to the week that you cover them the next week. I and mean, like this, this last week has been totally different kind of energy and vibe than weeks previous when you're still in the hunt. So when you are out of the playoff mix, it does change. And that's why we've spent so much time with players propping this thing up as a big, as a big game because they want to win to finish. You you almost feel like they're talking themselves into it. I don't have any doubt that they want to win. These guys are professionals. That's what you do. You win football games. But no, uh, th- this from a standpoint of what it really means at the end of the day, nine and eight, eight and nine, isn't that big a deal. There are some obvious reasons why you'd like to see them finish with a little bit of feel good, ending the ending the Raiders streak, um, a, a winning division record, a winning record for the first time in eight years. Those are all small little things that kind of define some level of progress. But in the grand scheme of things, no. I don't want everyone to say, well, Goodman, you're not doing your job here. So full disclosure here. And I even said this on the air when the Broncos were sitting at 0-3, I said, really, there's no real point to bringing on somebody from another market to talk about the game when the team is really that bad. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna break it down the X's and O's <laughs> right. you know, of the game yeah. because honestly it's almost like disingenuous to the listener because the team is so stinking bad and we start looking forward to what could happen not looking forward to it but we start projecting what could happen like is Russell Wilson going to be the quarterback mm-hmm. is Vance Joseph going to get fired those were the stories when this team was one and four yeah you know we're not gonna bring on somebody who, I don't know, covers the Jets and say, okay, let's break down this game. Yeah. So I was consistent about that when we were when we were putting together the show mm-hmm. and booking guests for the show. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, when they played the Chiefs for the second time, we brought on Pete Sweeney. When they played the Vikings, we brought on my friend Don Mitchell. Yeah. The team was playing better. Mm-hmm. So it's worth talking about the game instead of all the bad stuff that we potentially see coming. Right. We have now hit the point. And by the way, um, you know, when they played 
the Browns, I thought we we brought on Andy Baskin, I believe, mm-hmm. from Cleveland because it was a big game, right? Well, we're not bringing any. We didn't bring on Pritch, no, for the Raiders game, and and he's in Las Vegas. There's really no point. And so when we go into the locker room, how many questions were about Aiden O'Connell? How many questions were about Devontae Adams? Were, were you really dying to walk up to Pat Sertan and say, are you looking forward to get another crack at Devontae Adams? Well, it's the best. Well, he was asked about it yesterday. And, um, but what, but, but on, and, and it's okay to be asked. I don't want to, I'm not going to criticize somebody for doing their job. Right. But really, is that the 15 to 20 second soundbite you really want to run on Fox 31? Well, it might be the best part of the game. Watching those two guys get after it, really in the absence of anything else. I understand that, but it, the matchup really doesn't matter. I mean, are we really going to say, well, how, what are you going to do about Max Crosby? The season's over, man. Mm-hmm. What's the point of talking about X's and O's? Now it's about, now fortunately we had a story drop in our lap last Friday yeah. with the whole Wilson Payton thing. But honestly... It's almost, again, disingenuous to the listeners to start breaking down matchups and things like that. No, I don't think it you need ju- to do that. It just doesn't matter at this point. No, but I think that Broncos country would rather them beat the Raiders than not care whether or not. I know they care if the Broncos win. But, Alex, again, I'll ask you, resident Broncos fan here. Do you really want to hear how is the Broncos defense going to stop Josh Jacobs? Well, he's not going to play. Not too interested like. in that story. But, but, but right. I'm saying if he was playing. I mean, is that a storyline that really resonates with you at this point in the season? No, it does not. No, the only thing that resonates. Are, are they going to add a, a tight end to, no, where, no. to where Max Crosby's I, I, lining up? Look, we're all in agreement on that regard. Right. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous to talk about getting into the weeds. Right. But there are elements that are intriguing. Jarrett Stidham's performance is intriguing. There, that, that is plain and simple a fact. And that that has been the story. Right. And rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's well, here's the thing. N- not to split hairs here, which of course you know I'm about to do. <laughs> All right. The thing with Jared Stidham has nothing to do with the Raiders. Has everything to do with him and this team. Yeah. And how is he going to look? It wouldn't matter which team they play. I think it's interesting that they targeted Devontae Adams 21 times last week. 21 times they targeted him. Now, Samir White's given them a little something in the running game. Okay, fine. He rushed for, I think, 145 against the Chiefs in an upset two weeks ago. But this, to me, is all about Pat Sertan and Devontae Adams, who have had some pretty good knockdown dragouts over the years. They really have. And both of them have exacted their pound of flesh on one another. But 21 targets last week. That's interesting to me. Now, it's a game within the game, and I probably watch games a lot differently than most fans do. I understand that. But that is interesting to me. But no, from a standpoint of getting in the weeds on anything, move along. There's nothing to see here. Right. And then when we talk about the game on Monday, 
how much are we really going to be talking about? I suppose if there's a great play like a little Jordan Humphrey, we'll mention that. Yeah. We're not going to go in deep on that. No. It's all going to be about Stidham. Of course it is. And that's it. Right. That's really the only and game And then move story. along. Right. Move along. And then we'll be talking more about what do we think about watching Michael Penix in the in the oh. championship game that night against Michigan. Because Penix is a guy that looks like he would potentially be available in the 11 to, what, 16 slot where the Broncos are likely to be picking in the first round. That's intriguing. Anytime that you've got a quarterback on the radar, whether we identify him correctly or incorrectly, that's intriguing. Michael Penix has done enough in the game against uh, who they beat, Texas. And with what he's done in for the last two years at Washington to warrant some consideration. Outside of this, the state of Michigan mm -hmm. and the state of Washington, mm -hmm. I'll be curious to see where Colorado ranks when it comes to how many people watched the national championship game. Hmm. What, what are you, are you skeptical? No, I'm not skeptical. I'm wondering if Denver will take a very keen oh, I interest see what you're saying. Yeah. in watching right. the game. Because of Penix. Because, and, and McCarthy, I and guess McCarthy. you agree. Yeah. Right. Right. Now I no. I mean, just from that standpoint alone, that's pretty intriguing. Right. Not to mention both of those semifinal games, unlike semifinal games of CFP's past, were pretty damn good. This game has a potential to be really interesting. Well, I I know that we have always been on op, we have a, we've always been on opposite sides of the fence about this. Okay, right now the Broncos pick 14th. Please don't win. You want Michael want a better shot at Michael Penix? Don't win this game. Yeah. Players are always going to try and win. That's, that, that, Coaches that's, are... I, and at the end of the day, don't give me this, well, you're going to... You jinxed the no-hitter. And you jinxed... <laughs> you're not jinxing anything from your couch. <laughs> Trust me. You and, don't have that kind of power. It, I wish you did, and damn if, it. And if you did have that type of power, use it for something good. Yeah. Right? Give me a winning lottery ticket. You know... uh, yeah, I'm about winning for the, winning the game. So you're right, and and never the twain shall meet on that. I mean, figure it out. If you really want the guy, you can move one way or the other. He's going to be close enough to your wheelhouse, win or lose, that if you really want to pound the table for Michael Penix, there will be ways to do it. Right. Period. With that... <clears throat> You want to look? Want to have something to root for this weekend? Sure. Root for the Saints to win, Minnesota to win. Yeah. Now um, you're talking draft. And, draft and oh, by the way, oh, by the way, although I don't know if it is really going to affect anything, actually, amazingly, it would. If Vegas beats the Broncos, the Broncos will jump the Raiders in the draft order. Yeah. Because it's based on strength of schedule, although Vegas's record, no, it's, it's actually pretty the same. Their strength of schedule and the team that has the easier 
strength of schedule, they go higher up. Yeah. Right okay. now, the Raiders' strength of schedule is 489. The Broncos is 485. Wow. And who do you think is going to be looking for a quarterback besides the Broncos? The Raiders. Sure. You want a better chance. Here, if, if we channel Al Davis and then throw it into Mark Davis, what was Al Davis's philosophy? Just win, baby. Vertical offense. Right. A guy who can throw the ball deep. Of all the quarterbacks in the draft, Michael Penix is right up there with a great vertical sure. game. You want Michael Penix? Lose this game. Because you do not. Now, Vegas could trade up past the Broncos. Sure. Then make them make a trade. Yeah. So, what are you rooting for this weekend? I, I, I would be, if you want something to look forward to, root for the Saints to win, the Vikings to win, the Raiders to beat the Broncos. Bears to win, and Atlanta to win. That's what you're rooting for. Now, when I say all of those teams, even if the Broncos lose and let's say Atlanta wins, Atlanta's still going to be ahead of them because they've played so many bad teams this year. Yeah. So there's a handful there. Sitting on your couch rooting against the Broncos is not going to affect the outcome. Coming up after the break, had a nice conversation with Garrett Bowles in the locker room the other day. I hope the Broncos win for his sake because he looks at himself as a loser. His words, not mine. If they don't, you'll hear from Garrett next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman on Monday. Auction for office furniture with overstock office chairs, desks, filing cabinets, and more. The auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get involved about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com. Backslash MHS. In the meantime, my health is important to me. I trust it with very few people. And one of the guys that I really trust my health with is Dr. Lee at Castle Rock Men's Health. They have two locations, one in Castle Rock, one in Aurora, there are a lot of chop shops out there. They scare the hell out of you. Your testosterone is too low. That's why you're tired all the time. Can you perform in bed? Are you really satisfying your partner? You better come see us today. Or you're screwing your marriage, and that's a double entendre. Damn. Yeah. With that, Dr. Lee is amazing at what he does. He really cares about my health. We do my blood work often, and he sits down with me, and he goes over every single panel that we do. 
And he talks to me and tells me how this is affecting my health, how this is affecting my health. It's not just, well, your testosterone is low. Here's some needles. Here's some testosterone. Best of luck to you. We'll see you in six months and we're going to keep billing you monthly. He really takes care of me. I look at him like a second internist. I trust him inherently with my mental health, with my physical health. He's the one you need to go to. Schedule your appointment today at crmenshealth.com. That's crmenshealth.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Castle Rock Men's Health and Castle Rock and Aurora. See why Eric only trusts his health with Dr. Lee at Castle Rock Men's Health. Got to tell you something. I feel very badly for Garrett Bowles on how he looks at this final game of the season. He is taking this so personally, it kind of made me sad mm. listening to what he told me. Here's my conversation with him. You've been through a lot, my friend, with this organization, but you've never had a winning record. And how much do, would that mean to you for that to actually happen, even though it's not the playoffs? Huge. I mean, I definitely would walk off that field on Sunday with a smile on my face because having a winning record speaks volume. You know, I won't be a loser anymore, so I'll be a winner, which is a good thing. Why do you phrase it like that? What do you mean you're not a loser anymore? You're a father. You do great things in the community. Why are you taking what has happened on the football field and internalize it for what you just said to me? Because winning is everything, you know. You can win off the field, but when you don't win on the field, it makes living off the field hard sometimes. You know, you get down on yourself because, you know, you, you do everything you physically can for your family and you you want to win. And so, um, you know, I feel like this is my family. I spent a lot of time with these guys, you know, a lot of times with this organization. I've spent many hours here. I've, I've sweated here. I bled here. I've... I've been hurt here, I've been knocked down here, I've been spit up here. Um, and so for us to go out there and, you know, to give this organization and this fan base what they deserve as a winning season, you know, that just speaks volume. And, um, you know, it will get us right back on track where we need to be. So that would change the trajectory, if I'm hearing you correctly, of how you feel about yourself and how you feel about the off season with just one game? For sure, you're nine and eight. You know, I know it sounds silly, but you know, it to have a winning record, you know, that's all you really prepare for in this, in this, you know, with football in general is having a winning record and and doing everything you physically can to win. You know, we came up short, so you know, to play in the postseason, that's frustrating, and we have a right to be frustrated so long with all of our fans and everyone that's you know putting time and effort into this. Um, but to be nine and eight and to finish on the high note, you know. You know, that's just momentum that we can pick up and continue to build off for next year. I know all the guys in this locker room want to win. They're all dedicated to winning, but they haven't gone through what you've gone through for all the years. Josie, Cortland, Justin. Sometimes when the season is over, meaning you're not going to make the playoffs, and I know guys are professional and they want to play well and and they're on tape and I get all that stuff. But in some ways, you have to pull some guys in your direction and say, hey, this is important. Not with this, not with these group of guys. I think we all want to win here. You know, like I told people, this is a very close-knit, tight-knit locker room. You know, everybody loves everybody, and, you know, those are the teams that you want to play for, and I think it's just the leaders we have and the, 
you know, the, the, old, the older guys we have here, you know, picking up the younger guys and the younger guys buying into what the older guys are telling them to do and, and they're seeing what they're doing and then we just all, you know, thrive off of each other. Um, and I think, you know, that's what it is. It's just a very loving, you know, you know, goofy atmosphere that we're in. Um, you know, it's a family. You know, we, we, we dog each other, but that's just what brothers do. And uh, But I feel like at the end of the day, um, you know, everybody is there for each other, and we got to pick each other up when it matters. Go back to something that we talked about in a second. You're a winner as a father, aren't you? Yeah. You're a winner in the community, aren't you? Yeah. You're a winner. Yeah. Not everything is defined by football. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but, you know, when you, when all you care about is winning and, you know, you don't win and you, you give it your all, you know, day in and day out, you know, it's, it's frustrating because all, all I care about is winning here and getting back to where we belong and making it to the playoffs. You know, I want to I be here my whole career. So, um, you know, I've had ups and downs through, through my career, but at the same time, you know, I want to win and get that, get that monkey off my back and then just continue to build that momentum and moving forward to next season. One of the really good guys in that locker room, a guy that you cheer for. Yep. You hate hearing the angst that he lives with, but I think that he's not alone. There's a lot of guys that, uh, defined themselves, not so much in terms of the money that they make, uh, even the incredible work and impact that they make in the community, all of which is uh, arguably more important even than what you're doing on the football field. But it's who they are. They're all football players. They are all NFL football players who have a great and firm understanding of what the bottom line is. And he defined that bottom line very clearly. It's about winning. It's about getting to the playoffs. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and the irony is that, that with Russ certainly being gone, you can see a very real scenario that Garrett Bowles isn't back next year as a Denver Bronco. You know what? They've got enough holes. They've got a lot of holes. They don't need to be starting with left tackle. Nope. Now I did. I've been saying for years. I don't. I don't think Garrett Bowles will be back. When you look at his contract, right? But knowing they need to find a quarterback now, mm-hmm. knowing they need more cap space, he has played well enough. Yes. Where you need to restructure him. I. That would be my vote, but I'm. I don't have much of a voice. In that, but I agree with you. I think that that's a guy that you prop that you move forward with. You're going Lloyd Cushenberry is not going to be back on this football team. Correct. That that's that's the one place that you know you're going to have. You're going to be filling an absence. I think I would like to think that they know this already. Who's going to be the starting left tackle? A third round pick, because hmm. your first round pick will likely go for a quarterback. Yeah. I would think would likely go for a quarterback. Yeah. And you're certainly not going to be going out on the free agent market and signing one of the best guys out there. No. You're not going to go all Mike McGlinchey again and take what was probably the best right tackle on the board. You can't do that again with left tackle. No. So, And and by the way, this I was reading uh, Pro Football Focus yes, uh, sometime earlier this week. This is the numbers. This is the seventh-ranked offensive line in the NFL. I have something very interesting to share with you about pro football focus. Okay. 
This coming from a player in the Broncos locker room. And what he suggested to me, pro football focus is so incredibly overrated. Okay. And I'll give his reason why. And what he said to me makes perfect sense. That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us mylifesports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auction Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Monday, there's an auction for office furniture, with overstock office chairs, desks, filing cabinets, and more. The auction is open right now at rollerauction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Roller Auctions. Get what you want at the price you want. Go to rollerauction.com slash MHS and they'll send you notifications on their latest auctions. Don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this, but you brought up pro football focus. There are lots of players who get very, very upset with pro football focus because they play a good game, and suddenly pro football focus says they played a bad game, Uh, and vice versa. The guy played a bad game, and suddenly it looks like he played a great game. Not so bad Uh, then. I was talking to a player in the locker room, and I believe it was last year, his coaches told him he played a fantastic game and pro football focus thought he was awful. Now I'm not going to suggest that pro football focus doesn't bring value that they don't have people that kind of know what they're talking about, but this is what he said to me about pro football focus. And you can make the case. It's going to be hard to argue with this. He said pro football focus in some ways can very easily be swayed by agents. Agents will try and get in bed with some of the people making their evaluations. And why would agents do that? The better the pro football focus score, maybe the more money that guy is going to make. I can see that. He said there's just too much influence from agents trying to prop up their own guys with pro football focus than you would believe. Okay. And I think that's probably a fair point. Sure. I mean, how many times have you watched a game, guy had a great game, and you're like, how is his score so low? Actually, I just look more at, I look at the kind of uh, next-gen metrics more than, I, I don't like, I don't weigh in on, I don't care what pro football focus tells me, like what their opinions are. I like some of the next-gen stats. I like to know about, are you winning run rates for an offensive line? Are you, what, What's your protection win rate? These types of things. And those that, things add value yeah. in terms of trying mm-hmm. to understand the game. Right. And again, I'm not suggesting those people don't know what they're talking yeah. about. 
What I am saying is when they start grading individual players, sometimes you look at those numbers, you're like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I think my feeling would be, I think it might surprise people, especially when you stop to consider their, um, the core that they have, the young, very talented core they have at, on the edge defensively, that their highest rated room is their offensive line. I think that might surprise some people. They're ranked top 10 in pass protection mm -hmm. and running the yes, ball. Yes, they are. Yet, Russell Wilson was up near the top getting sacked, and their running game hasn't been very good. Right. So what are we going to do now? Are we going to blame the running back? We've, we've already blamed Russell Wilson. Yeah. Are we going to blame the running back room? I don't know. I just find it interesting. I find it interesting, too, but how you explain that not one guy on that team is going to eclipse 1,000 yards at the skill positions. May not and, even eclipse 800 yards. But the, and, and that's my point. How can this off? I'm not saying they're not very good. And I'm talking about the offensive line. If your offensive line is really good in pass protection mm -hmm. and really good in run blocking, how do you explain this offense? Yeah, fair question. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. If the Broncos win this game, do you think this might help? I won't hurt, but do you think this might help Sean Payton's eventual candidacy for the Hall of Fame? Because he took a five-win team oh. and got them to a winning record. Nah. nah, nah. I, think, I think what he does to the franchise in total. What 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 does it look like Talking three about, or four years in? I, I'm with you. No, not one game. No, the answer would be a simple no. No. I think I think in the minds of voters who don't watch every Broncos game, they're not going to go through the box scores. They're not going to go game by game. They're going to look at they were a five win team. They hadn't had a winning record since 2016. And he got them to a winning record. I, I think as a snapshot of today, and I agree, it's a long game. Yeah, it is. But to turn this around, five win team, nine win team. Can't hurt. I don't think it's going to hurt at all. No. I think I think it'll help in a small way, but I don't want to undervalue that. I think it would confirm the general feeling that exists about Sean Payton that he's a pretty damn good football coach. Right. I mean, I don't think anyone would be very surprised by that. Right. So that's where we're at. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? We'll discuss if the college football national championship should be played at the Rose Bowl every year, and could Lakers head coach Darvin Ham be on the way out the door soon? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. 
Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us smileysports.com. You can reach us on the uh, Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. On Monday, there's an auction for office furniture with overstock office chairs, desks, filing cabinets, and more. The auction is open right now at rollerauction.com. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. I've been telling you about Dan McKenzie for a long time, and I always position it this way. You spend your entire life as a parent protecting your family, Mm -hmm. protecting your kids. And if you don't meet with Dan McKenzie to do something about your impending death, because it's going to happen with all of us, we just don't want it to happen tomorrow. You never know what tomorrow is going to bring. You need to talk to Dan. Because the pothole on the yellow brick road that you think you're walking on, the potholes are all over that road if you don't work with Dan. And I'm not trying to scare you. You need to do something with a trust. You need to do something with a will. But don't put yourself in a position where you do nothing. With that, I want to bring in Dan McKenzie. Good morning, Mr. Michigan fan. Getting ready for the national championship game. Is that happening? I, mean, uh, <laughs> I hadn't heard. I hadn't heard. We'll talk about it. Uh, I think it's Tuesday. <laughs> I will set the DVR. You should for next Tuesday. I think <laughs> six o'clock on ESPN. Do whatever you want to. You know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I wouldn't even bother going near the television. Mm-hmm. You don't need. To, you don't really need to watch the Broncos Monday. There's not even Monday Night Football. Watch something on the Hallmark Channel with TN, and you'll be fine. Great, great advice. Thank you. Um, so again, l- let's get back to what we were talking about before. If somebody does not do some sort of estate plan, whether it's a will or a trust, and they do nothing, what problems is that family going to face moving forward if one of the parents does nothing? Well, I mean, as you kind of said in your opening there, I mean, something's going to happen, right? I mean, it's like something's got to be done. Somebody's got to step up. And, you know, if there's confusion about who that is, if the financial institutions don't understand who they're supposed to be taking instructions from, if the hospitals don't understand who gets to speak for a patient, like there's a delay in situations where the last thing you want is delay. If there's confusion about who has the right, if there's a disagreement, I mean, even families that get along real well, and really have never had any issues like this, like might find out when they're standing at the hospital being given a couple of real difficult options that they really don't see eye to eye on this. And uh, just having those people identified uh, that will make the decisions, let alone what decisions they'll make, is uh, really critical. Financially, if Mm -hmm. somebody does nothing, what are the problems facing that family moving forward? There's just so many situations that I think are common that people don't really think of. Like people kind of think, well, I don't have anything exotic or unique or anything like no, no fancy out of state properties. Like, you know, if a family generally gets along, they'll figure it out. And it's just like, um, no, Uh, there are plenty of situations that are common all the time. Like you can't leave a $500,000 life insurance policy to a 12 year old. Right. I mean, you just can't do it. So, um, you know, what happens if you end up doing it? We have a ton of people who leave stuff to that 12-year-old. and like, don't really think through, okay, well, how's this 12, what's this 12-year-old going to do with a $500,000 check? Um, and uh, what instructions, like, obviously an adult can be put in charge of it. Well, what instructions are they going to be running off of? It's, there's nothing unusual about that situation or blended families, you know, where you've got kids from different relationships and you might have different ideas about, you know, who's going to get what afterwards. Um, 
that's very, very common and uh, kind of got some hard issues, frankly, involved in there. So, yeah, that's where people kind of fall down. They're just thinking it's, it's, this is all my friends, everyone around me, like they all have the same kind of stuff. There's nothing unique here, so it's not going to be hard. And that's not right. When my mother passed away, when she was alive, she was incredibly, incredibly organized. And she had a will. And there were so many hoops to still jump through when she passed away. Yeah. And yeah, I, still, go ahead. I still know. Yeah. People are thinking it's, it's me and my family. And I'm like, look, there is a court involved. Uh, even with trust, like the law is overshadowing that, right? They kind of got to know what the law is, and that could still end up in court. So you still got to be aware of what that is. The financial institutions, what I tell people, is like they're really the ones enforcing the, uh, you know, the estate laws. Like, you know, a lot of people do it without ever st- setting foot in court, but you will be at Wells Fargo. You will be at First Bank. And like, you know, or do you understand what their policies are on when they accept a power of attorney? Like, you know, do you understand? Like, do they need a doctor's note or are they going to just take it? I mean, all kinds of stuff comes up. And uh, that's probably what you experience. Every Everyone you go to, different different documentation needed, different letter needed, different doctor's note needed. So it's just uh, even for people who are really organized, like that's great. That's really helpful. That's critical. And glad she was like that. But still, yeah, there's some obstacles there. So when people come to you, how do you put everything together? Um, you know, we have our core plan. We have some documents that we know everyone needs. So, so the will, the power of attorney, living will, some and thoughts on, you know, how you would like to be memorialized. So that's like, that's kind of a no-brainer. If you're an adult with people relying on you, you need that. Um, and then we just go into, okay, is there some reason to have trust plan? Is there some reason to put people in charge of money that really is going to go to someone else? Um, and so... Um, uh, that, that, that's the other factor. So it is, you know, fairly like we simplified it quite a bit. But then within that, obviously, there's a lot of nuance. And uh, the instruction we give to people is like, look, the people you pick to do this are really going to be your most important decision more than what you tell them to do. Because good people can do a lot with a little of instruction and bad people can screw it up even when they're instructed quite explicitly. So you just got to think through that. How are you feeling about Tuesday night's national championship game? <laughs> Uh, great. I think, uh, yeah, this is amazing. Um, they're, you know, they're the favorites. Um, I think that's deserved. And, um, yeah, this is, uh, I've been alive for 49 years. I was, I was in Ann Arbor during 1997 season. So, uh, I was honored to uh, be able to see that. And, you know, we're all kind of thinking, man, this is, this team's going to eclipse that one. And that one was quite good. So, um, this is historic. Dan, you're a Michigan man through and through. <laughs> you are, you are. Listen, that's a compliment. Yeah. That is a compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, best of luck to the Wolverines on Tuesday night. Don't forget to set your DVR 6 o'clock Tuesday yeah. night. Thank you, Eric. All right, see you, Dan. Okay, Have fine. a good weekend. Time yep. now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at argonautliquor.com. All right, just in case you missed it, earlier this week, Kirk Herbstreet said the College Football National Championship should be in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl every season, while others have gone the complete other direction, saying the Rose Bowl should be moved to SoFi Stadium because the Rose Bowl Stadium, built in 1922, is outdated. Uh, What do you think? Should the Natty be at the Rose Bowl every year? 
It's a marvelous venue and setting. Odd, but marvelous. And there's so much history there. But I think one location and one location only for the college football playoff? Why? I, I, move that thing around. I, I do like the idea of playing on natural grass in the out-of-doors, and you can do that in Los Angeles pretty much at any time, as opposed to playing indoors in the winter in some other places. But I think that it probably needs to be moved around. It's just too big of an event. It's a very cool venue it with is. the way it's laid out. And you have the mountains like here in you know, yeah. Boulder. Yeah. We have the flat irons. It's a very cool environment. I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I don't have a horse in the race. Right. And, and by the way, it's nice to see a packed house at the Rose Bowl because they sure as hell don't get it for UCLA games. Nope. All right, just in case you missed it, Lakers coach Darvin Ham appears to suddenly be on thin ice as the sub-500 Lakers have lost 9 of 12 games, and Ham has used 10 different starting lineups this season, which has reportedly caused disjointedness within the team, and there is a deepening disconnect between Ham and the Lakers' locker room. Could you see a scenario where Ham is fired soon? I yeah. This is just enjoyable to me. I just anytime there's discomfort for the Lakers in any shape or fashion, dysfunction, whatever the case may be, I'm all for it. I'm for the dysfunction. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, they always have great specials on wine. They always have great events. They're going to have a wine tasting tomorrow. Plus, they're going to have the Santa's Done store-wide sale. That's going to take place this upcoming Wednesday. 20% off all wine, 15% off all liquor, $2 off all 12-packs, Check out Argonaut Liquor, Wine and Liquor, for all your daily needs, weekly needs. You know, great pricing, great staff. Hourly needs. Well, I didn't realize until I started (laughs) hanging out with you that a brown paper bag is more than just something to carry liquor in. Hey. It's to hide what you're actually drinking. It can be a very nice accessory. Especially when you're drinking Mad Dog. That's going to do it for us. That's an old school reference. Old school reference. You could go fireball. Huh? Brett, Alex, great job as always today. Same with you, Bruce. Make it the best possible weekend you can. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.